Hello everyone, Robbie here, your friendly Simpsons podcast host. I'm pleased to announce my newest novel, War on Halloween, is out July 26th. Here is a brief description. Laurel City doesn't celebrate Halloween, and Mike Dawson wants to change that. New in town, he's going to throw the biggest Halloween party the town has ever seen. But Reverend David Laurel stands in his way. Laurel is a direct descendant of the founder of the town, and Halloween is more than just a celebration of sin. It is a direct attack on control of his city, and he won't surrender it without a fight. Mike and his children are drawn into a feud over the holiday, and Mike won't back down despite pressure from Laurel. And then the killings start. The town is thrown into chaos by brutal murders, and Laurel blames them on the sinful holiday. But Laurel has a secret. Deep in his church lies an ancient book bound in red leather. It contains terrible power written in an inhuman language. Reverend Laura will do anything to stop Halloween, including summoning demons. The question isn't if Laurel City will have a Halloween. The question is if the town will survive it. Always wanted to write a Halloween horror novel, and it is finally here. It's great for fans of Stephen King's It or Stranger Things, and it's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. $3.99 for the ebook and $11.99 for print. I've worked very hard on it. And I'd love for you to check it out. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. And we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Apparently, I had completely uh, learned history wrong. And I was glad for this episode to correct that. Is that what The Simpsons doing? Uh, yeah, because uh, this is not the history that I learned, so obviously what I learned was wrong. I, okay, I'm just no, I not like I get it. I get your joke, your funny, your funny joke about, but I'm more like it's more like actual like I'm very confused. This episode makes me confused. That's what and tired. I would say that it makes me tired. Yeah, that sounds about right. I just feel tired after watching it. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, for $2 a month, you can gain access to all of our back catalog, bonus podcasts, minisodes, reviewing Rick and Morty, King of the Hill, Bob's Burgers, plus a bunch of bonus episodes. Even You can get even get our episodes a few days early and uncut if you want to spring for it we appreciate everyone who supports us this week's episode is magical history tour episode f a b f o six originally aired february 8th 2004 written by brian kelly directed by mike b anderson received a 5.2 rating with 8.9 million viewers the couch gag the family is a tv dinner that a giant hand cooks i believe that's supposed to be comic book guy's hand Oh, interesting. I had not picked up on that. I don't know if that's true. You don't. It's a hand, but that's what the wiki says it's supposed to be like a presumably comic book guy. But I don't really know if it's comic book guy. I mean, lots of people eat microwave dinners. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I think we've all eaten, uh, you know, microwave TV dinners at some point in our lives. Less so now, thank goodness, you know. And now that's too much effort. I'm not going to wait a whole two or three minutes for my meal to be cooked. I'm just going to make a sandwich. It's a it's a wonderful thing that my wife is a cook. That's that's what I'm going <laughs> to say. Uh, this Same. episode is 
uh, a trilogy episode, trilogy of errors type episode, a trilogy of you know three this not a Trials of Horror, but Trials of Horror star style with. We had what Simpsons Tall Tales, Simpsons Bible Stories. There's another one that I'm forgetting, but I guess they just do these now uh, because they're easier than f- actual episodes. I'm guessing that's my well, aim. yeah because they they only have to come up with something that lasts you know five minutes. Yes, except for the third act, which takes like eight. It's a really long. Yeah, the third act is a long one. And it's not I'm not. No, it's not. No, no. I would say none of this is worth any of this. This is there's not a lot of. I don't know. It feels like it was written by my grandpa, Matt. That's what I'm gonna say about this entire episode. It feels like I was written by my my grandpa's dead. Both my grandpas are dead. It feels like it was written by my grandpa, my fictional grandpa. Like in in 2004. Like if it was, if I had like, let's say I had like an 83 year old grandpa today. He's an, he doesn't real. He's not real. But let me like, let's. Imagine this. If I had an 83-year-old grandpa, this is what I would... If I told him, I need you to write three little fake history stories for The Simpsons, this is what I would imagine him to write. Basically, yes. Like, this... What this feels like to me is it feels like an episode based on, hey, you are 60 years old in, you know, 2004 or whenever this came out. What do you remember about these three historical figures from what you were taught in, like, elementary and middle school? And that is what they wrote the episode based on they just threw some jokes in there well i mean i'm not even just talking about the actual story i'm talking about the jokes too i think that like the jokes themselves are are, they are like they're not clever they're not they're almost not jokes in some cases they're very like i i i don't want to i don't know i this episode devoid of laughter i don't think i i laughed at the sacco joe sacco joe a dollar that is the that is the one bit i actually that i love quarter I laughed at the for a regular dog. I laughed at the second Joe a dollar. That is funny. Everything else, uh, okay. So we start episode where the Simpsons are going to the library. Let's, and this is where we start with like the old people. Like libraries still have, books are doing fine, guys. Regular old style, like with paper, completely fine. Yeah, like libraries barely had computers in two thousand three or four, whenever this was written. They have books. Libraries now have books. Real books still are very popular. There's many people like I. The, I I don't know why the people. I guess it was like a myth or or something. Where but people who read ebooks and people who buy real books, physical print books, are kind of they're not. There's a little bit of overlap, but they're largely separate audiences. So all the people who've always bought print books are always going to buy print books it you're not can yeah. they're not cannibalizing sales and they're not cannibalizing like digital the existence of digital books ebooks does not include the, the also the existence of print books i'm believe me i know a lot about this so whenever someone says this in 2004 or in 2020 i laugh at them because you're stupid it's not they're they've done a lot of studies on this there's Print books are doing completely fine. Bookstores, on the other hand, eh, not so great because you can buy print books on the internet for much cheaper than in than in real life stores. That's true. That, Actually, that's a good question, Robbie. What what do you sell more books of? Uh, the the hard copies or the digital version? Oh, I sell me myself. Self self published people almost always sell way more uh, digital ebooks because okay. they're much much cheaper. Because print on de- as an indie indie self published author, print on demand. 
uh, is more expensive than, and you don't have the cachet of like, if I'm buying a, a print book of someone I know, an author I really know really well, like Stephen King or a, a Tom Clancy, John Grisham, those big names, uh, uh, Dean Koontz. I don't know the the old the old. There's there's I you know there's lots of authors, but the you're willing to trust. Like you you're willing to spend an extra amount of money to buy those books, either in print or in digital. Um, but someone un- relatively unknown like myself or many, 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 many others, if you are presented with the choices of, let's say, okay, I can buy the print book for $12 or I can buy it on an ebook for four. What am I going to do? Yeah, you can buy the ebook. It's $4. Easier. Um, but the library's empty. That's all that long tangent we just went on. Library's empty. Except for bombs, apparently. There's, yes. Isn't that hilarious? Homeless people. Funny. Again, lots of, lots of, homeless people jokes i don't know if the simpsons have always done that but it seems like we've run into them a lot nowadays in the last season a couple seasons a lot of homeless mm. people jokes um they and they're in the library because god forbid that they use a public resource to try and extract themselves from a situation they're in um or just to you know entertain themselves use a computer god forbid um so this is all just set up there's nothing in the library how are we gonna learn marge is here Marge is now uh, going to teach them history, and we're going to start with Henry VIII. I can help you, kids. <gasps> I know a little something about history. Gather round. Henry VIII had everything he could want, except a son to follow in his footsteps. I'm Henry VIII, I am. Henry VIII, I am, I am. I've been eating since 6 a.m. For dessert, I'll have dinner again. My name's synonymous with gluttony. I'll always eat a turkey or a ham. Stop singing that song. We all know who you are. Matt, Matt has said this is the best song in the history of The Simpsons on our notes. So, When it comes to. Are you okay, Matt? Wait, 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 wait. Head, wait. I still... Are you okay? Are you okay, Matt? Are you okay? That's my first question. Are you okay? No, Robbie. I don't think any of us have been okay since March. Okay. Uh, fair enough. But still, ever since I first saw this episode, I've I, I've su- sung this song and I cannot get it out of my head. I will start singing it and not even realize where it's from. It's terrible. It's so catchy. I I'll we can, I'll just send you a playlist, Matt, of all the other catchy songs that you can listen to instead. Okay, um, thank God. So we start. Yeah, Homer is Henry the Eighth, and we're basically following his story, quote unquote story, as he's trying to find. A wife that will give him a son so that he can pass the succession of rule to a male child. So, I'm confused by this Mm -hmm. as we go. Because the conceit is this is Marge teaching the kids history, right? That's the idea, yes. So, obviously, Marge is... History is not like it's not gonna be good. She's not gonna have actual knowledge. Like she's not gonna her knowledge of Henry VIII is not gonna be accurate to reality. Not even close. Which is so. This is why we get all these you know strange divergences from actual history. I presumably, but it's also a chance for them to write jokes. Um, I ideally that's the idea. Is oh Mars? I like, but because I don't. I don't know what they're like. Are they trying to say anything with that? It feels like they're just like trying to basically just make this a Roadrunner cartoon. 
not actual like there's no history in this this is not even close to truth none of this is zero percent of this is true in this entire episode i mean they were people henry the eighth was a person i guess i i should say that he existed that's true and he did have a lot of wives and wanted a son that's about all that's true out of this right and i it's weird because it's just they don't i don't think i don't know if they're they lean to they 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 meant like they kind of allude allude to the fact that marge's sense of history is, is a little weird and wonky but we don't really ever get like until we get to lisa talking about um amadeus at the end they don't really mention how incorrect all this stuff is and i'm kind of i'm just confused by it like i don't like there's not enough absurdity for me to for it doesn't feel like it's le- like i'm not sure if it knows that it's doing that that's the thing i don't know um Homer is Henry VIII. Marge is Catherine of Aragon. Is that a real placement? Are you just making this up? Isn't that that book no, with the uh, dragon? No, Catherine of Aragon. Yes, that that is one of the kingdoms of Spain. It was combined with Castile to form what we know of as modern Spain, as well as a few other districts. See, man, that's why you're part of this podcast because you know stuff like this. Um, I, I know actual history. I could do a much better job than Marge. I was gonna say, but I was. It just says Aragon. I just think of that book, the dragon, the kid, the fantasy book. I, I is that Aragon or is it Aragorn? Whatever. I don't know. Books? Okay. Wait, what are you? I know you just asked me about how smart I am about books, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so, Homer, once a boy, we have a dream about Bart, who doesn't exist, and he, just, he strangles his fictional son, and then Marge and Homer, Marge and Homer, I'm just going to use, I'm not going to call them Henry, Marge and Homer go to marriage counseling. Which is totally a thing back there. Totally a thing. Oh, look at me. I eat and eat and eat and I never get any thinner. Well, there's more of you to worship, oh, sire. Oh, what dare to flatter a king. Anne Boleyn, loyal subject, big fan. Modern Wench magazine dubbed me Anne of the Childbearing Hips. Yes, wide hips indeed. My son could cartwheel up. Yoink! Wait, where are you taking me? Marriage counseling. Oh! Hmm. We came here to talk about our problems. Fine. I want to marry Anne Boleyn, but I can't chop my wife's head off because her father is the king of Spain. Your Majesty, your feelings are valid, but I'm afraid marriage takes a lot of hard work. And who needs that? I say trade in that lemon and get busy. Woohoo! Divorce? Sire, there's no such thing in the Catholic Church, but it's the only church we've got, so what are you going to do? I'll start my own church. What? Yes, my own church, where divorce will be so easy, more than half of marriages will end in it. Your Majesty, I work for the Pope, and I think a celibate Italian weirdo knows a lot more about marriage than you. Mm, I understand. And because you stuck to your principles, I'm going to canonize you. In this case, canonize means shot out of a cannon. Yeah, they that's the joke. Um, It's really weird to me how to have Flanders be a Catholic representative in this case. Well, I mean, he's the churchiest person they know, so that's what they're going with. So, yeah, it's all the same? Is that, even though they've had multiple jokes about, I think, Flanders calling the Pope, like, a terrible something, or a, he does that? Yes, well, okay. I mean, when your only, only only religion you're allowed to have is Catholicism, obviously Flanders would be all up in that. Okay. So, yeah, Henry VIII started his church, this Church of England, um, because he wanted a divorce, because it was, he couldn't, he couldn't execute Catherine. Or something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a lot of there. See, I think that's the thing that I struggle with the most, man. Is like I like history. I think history is really fascinating. When I'm, you know, when like when I get 
when someone teaches me about history, I'm like, oh, and I know that Henry, the reason he did all this stuff is not solely because he wanted a, a male heir. There's a lot of political things going on then about, about you know, having the, the right kind of having the right wife is not just about giving a male heir. It's also about like, you know, making connections with other countries and nations and, and dukes and lords and all that stuff. And I, if like the, if we had like an actual lesson being taught here, I would think that would be interesting. I would like, to, I would learn about this stuff. You know, like I, when you tell me all that stuff about Catherine of Aragon's being in a real place, like, Oh, that's nice. I like, it's neat. I'm, I like to learn that about that stuff. But then instead we just get kind of this like funny cartoon thing where it's like, Oh, he's going to start a church where the, they make a divorce joke. Yep. Ha ha. Like again, it's hilarious. Divorce. It's, Yay. I mean, it's, it's easy. That's the thing, Matt. Like, I'm not saying that these aren't like jokes. It's just they they're like very simple, boring divorce jokes. Like they're hacky they're like hacky stand-up jokes from like 1981. Like what are we doing? We're making jokes about like literally the joke is a lot of people get divorced. Like okay, with the current church, I guess. Yeah, with our current okay. So uh lisa makes the one point where like well why can't a girl be in charge and etc cetera, etc cetera. and homer tells her to grow penis which is great that's really good another really dynamite joke and so we get and then we get a long we just get a quick like this takes up a large part of the episode of this of this act and then we get a long we get a quick montage of a bunch of people getting their heads chopped off executed we get because Anne Boleyn she gets her head chopped off uh, you know, then we get then Otto's in there for some reason, and then an old lady like he did execute all his all his wives, and like it doesn't again, it doesn't care about real history, whatever. Um, but it also is just like he only killed two of them. Yeah, I mean, when you have six and you only killed two, that's not that bad. He killed a lot of other people, but Henry the oh, yeah. as far as I can tell, was very popular as a king as well. Um, apparently the the I guess the normal folk loved loved him um well plus, he did a lot of things that made it a bit easier for them and harder for the other nobility so but they don't whatever we get execution montage lots of people getting chopped their heads chopped off very quickly um and then suddenly henry's old like it was it's like boom 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 and then marge is there to smother him um to kill him in his sleep which as far as i know also did not happen Mm-hmm. I think he just died of being like he had he was incredibly obese and had lots of health problems and from some hunting injury it's really interesting i did read about that that was interesting um so um blah 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 blah, blah. like it's like it's a, like that's the thing there's like nothing to talk about with this it's just kind of boring um it feels like very much like another simpsons bible stories where it's just like okay that's it huh yeah, it's a, it's it's so simplified that it barely resembles the original intent of the story. And then you add on the jokes and it makes it even more fuzzy. And you're just like, why? Why is hap- what's happening? So uh, Henry's dead. Marge kills him. That's cool. Um, and we get the end of the lesson. Henry's daughter Elizabeth became queen. England's power was never greater. And British actresses always had a role to play when they got to a certain age. That was awesome, Mrs. S. Check plus plus, here I come. (laughs) Wow, the library really is a great resource. 
And I just came in here to trip nerds for nothing. Ha <laughs> ha. Sigh. Uh, I mean, Elizabeth did eventually become queen, I guess, but not right away. That's true. I had to get through Edward and uh, Mary as well. So, you know. Yeah, we, why, why would we get and have any kind of facts uh, in this? Um, yeah, and know? that's the thing. Elizabeth's entire accomplishments are summed up as, now British actresses have someone to play. And it's like, Yikes. okay, I mean, like, that's an all right joke, I guess, but it's true, but. It's kind of like, well, what? There's no cohesion, cohesion anywhere along here. It's it's just a bunch of stuff happening, and like when you're watching a Treehouse of Horror, I feel like there is a a folk like a folk like I feel like there should be at least a general like theme of that's tying all these three things together. And is it really just Marge BSing? Is that the theme? Because that's not very good. No, because it just – it's not funny because you have to fit the jokes into historical humor. And I feel like in order to do that, you have to have more time to set it up. So if you made one of these stories, if the entire episode was about it, I think you could get some good humor out of this. But for a trilogy kind of set – an anthology that they're setting up here, it, it's not going to work because you don't have time to develop the jokes. And jokes about history are very rarely easy enough that they can be done quickly. And still get the plot across. Yeah, so it just comes across as kind of boring. We got a commercial, thankfully. Seven minutes and 56 seconds in. Oh, thankfully for you. Now I have to talk about Sacagawea. (laughs) (sighs) So, uh, as I just pointed out, this next story is Marge teaching Lisa about Sacagawea. Which I'm sure Lisa knows more about than Marge, but hey, sure, we're going to go with it. Uh, so in this story, uh, Lisa is a Sacagawea. Lenny and Carl are Lewis and Clark. And, well, yeah, we'll see. In 1804, President Jefferson sent Lewis and Clark and some embedded journalists to find the Northwest Passage. They paddled up the Mississippi from St. Louis. When winter came, Lewis and Clark tried to set up camp, but encountered much hardship. Come spring, they sought help from Native Americans. Long have we awaited the coming of the white man and Carl. Thanks, and welcome to the United States of America. Have a flag. And while you're at it, cover your nakedness and worship our Lord. Yeah, yeah, I'll get right on it. Now, in order to aid your journey across the land, I offer you the guidance of my daughter, Sacagawea. In our language, her name means little know-it-all who won't shut her maze hole. I will be happy to help the Americans. Of course, I will be sad to leave my husband, the French fur trader, Charbonneau. I will come with you. Because by myself, the darkness, she scares me. I don't know why I ever sold you to him. So as we can see, Homer is uh, Lisa's secretary's father, and Milhouse is uh, her French fur trader husband. So, yeah, that's where we're starting off here. I... Lenny and Carl are morons, and it's up to Lisa to keep them alive. And they just call them Lenny and Carl, though. They don't call them Lewis and Clark. They don't even keep up the yeah. bit. Um, I will... Yeah. I, it, it, okay, I'm going to be Debbie Downer, Matt, all right? I'm going to be oh, Debbie... please do, because I'm going to be Debbie angry as hell. Okay. Uh, I, it does mention that he she was sold to the, the Trapper guy. Um... In a marriage, uh, she was a child when that happened. She was 13, oh, yeah. it, give or take. She didn't want to do that. 
you know, she was sold. You know, it's, that's called slavery. Uh, he did Charbonneau in, in the in the little in the Simpsons version. He gets killed. Does that does not happen uh, in real life? So I, it's like history is terrible. History is full of awful stuff, and maybe don't trivialize imperialism or like make a fun cartoon about this poor girl that was here became is like now it's like oh she's a hero i'm like oh i don't i'm pretty sure at the time she was just doing what she had to like yeah exactly um she was just she was just trying to like like live like like to survive like she was kind of forced to do a lot of these things she's not a hero like i like i don't like I'm sure, like there's she did heroic things, but it's like sad. All this is sad. Like I don't know if the Simpsons writers had like the forethought or thought at all in 2004. Like maybe we shouldn't do this at all. Like pick a different character. Um, but they don't. It's just this very silly cartoon thing, and you're like, oh, like Lisa Sagajuea. Like I'm not even getting into all that. Like Homer is now a Native American, and so is the whole family because it's convenient. We just cast them as Native Americans. Okay, sure, mm-hmm. sure, whatever. As generic Native Americans, because Na- I, I gotta be honest, I don't un- know exactly which uh, tribe Sagajuea belonged to, but knowing the Simpsons, I doubt they did either. They were. Uh, let's see. She was. I believe Shoshone? Yeah, she was Shoshone. Okay, so it's possible that this is a somewhat accurate representation, but probably not really. I don't know, and I don't that's the thing. There we are there's just it 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 again, this just muddles things further. It's just another thing that you're like, what's going on? Like Mar Marge is telling us the story of Sacagawea, but it's full of like really stupid cartoon gags. And you're like, okay, well, Marge doesn't know the real story, and we're getting, like, and it's, uh, it just makes me tired. Man, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Okay. Aren't we all, Robbie? Aren't we all? Uh-huh. So, uh, getting on with it, thank goodness. Uh, everything is out to get them. Uh, Lisa slash Sakajawea points out, oh, this is poisonous, that's poisonous, that's a snake, which is also poisonous. Uh, we get Otto, uh, who was apparently Tweedleburger and was, uh, in this retelling, one of the heads of the expedition dying from eating a poisoned berry, which, okay. Uh, we see that Lenny and Carl slash Lewis and Clark are complete and utter morons because uh, they try to declare a puddle as the Pacific Ocean and just are dumb in every possible way. Uh, they also meet a, another band of Native Americans, uh who are led by Bart, who I guess is Sacagawea's brother, uh, who then proceeds to scalp Milhouse slash Charbonneau. And no, no, more no. Let's let's not let's not perpetuate this kind of thing. Because uh, as Robbie said, that that didn't happen. Um, that's gross and offensive. So <laughs> we're going to pass it. Uh, eventually, uh, Lisa gives well, I, up. And I, I, wanna, I don't want to say that we've talked about this in prior episodes. Like just the sudden, like all this onslaught of Native American tropey, Native like really tired tropey Native American crap. I'm like, why right now? Why suddenly? Like oh, these past few years, uh, seasons, it's really like I don't know. Maybe somebody so was just right. like, I love Native Americans. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, eventually Lisa gives up on them because they're so stupid and just are not taking her advice and ignoring her. So she wanders off 
and lays on a mountain lion because as we have already shown she knows practically everything about this area and is very intelligent and then lays down on a mountain lion um i i guess because the plot requires her to uh luckily for her uh lenny and carl are there to save her great after all i did for them oh warm woolly rock you're my only friend Would you mountain lions find terrifying? <gasps> they remembered what I taught them. Of course we did. We'll never forget you, Pocahontas. Sacagawea. Gesundheit. <gasps> Look, the Pacific Ocean. We made it. We discovered the magnificent Pacific Northwest. I say we give this lovely land a name worthy of its beauty. Eugene, Oregon. And we owe it all to you. You're going to get the greatest honor this country can bestow. And today, Lewis's promise has been fulfilled. What is that, a quarter? A Chuck E. Cheese token? No, it's a sack of Jawea dollar. You can trade it in at the bank for a real dollar. Uh-huh. So, yes, as we said, uh, that's the only halfway good joke is that, oh, the, we've given such a wonderful honor to Sakajawea. We put her on the dollar coin that no one uses and no one wants, despite the fact that it is vastly superior to the uh, cotton dollar bill, uh, except for strippers who probably prefer the cotton version. I mean, you've never been to Canada, Matt. You got, you know, there's plenty of strippers in Canada and they get they get loonies. And that's fine. I'm just saying that that that's the uh, the only people who I can think of who would who should want to possibly keep the you know the the cotton dollar bill. Here, here's is, what I, here's what I'm saying, man. Don't cheap out. Give them a five. Exactly. That's the real uh, lesson we shouldn't be At learning least. from this terrible, terrible story. Yeah, there's a lot of bad. Like there, like if you look into the history, actual history of secondary, it's all terribly sad. Like there's nothing funny about it, and. When you do it, like, you tell a story and you just use, like, really boring, ugly stereotypes and you have lazy jokes and Lewis and Clark don't aren't even called Lewis and Clark. You just call them Carl. You just call them Carl. And you're like, OK, that's also discounting slavery. Uh, also, mm-hmm. at the time, having a black guy there. OK, cool. Uh, it's bad. It's a, <sighs> And the problem is there are so many different spots in history there are so many wonderful women in history that they could have gone for the story with and it could have generated some real humor about and they didn't i mean she could have been madame curie she could have been i cannot remember the name but the first uh woman to go to med school was in like the 1860s or 1870s and it that would have been a great person for uh, least uh, to emulate i'm sure they, you could have come up with some better then you can have homer in a headdress man yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm trying that. I really am. I'm really trying. I'm trying to pull something out of this. Like, this is so okay. Uh, did you say we go to commercial? I I did not, but we go to commercial, and thankfully I can stop talking about this. Uh, okay, we come back. It's twelve minutes and forty seconds. Which oh, that middle that little middle act also gets no time. So it's just like a bunch of it's nothing. Uh, at one point they wander back to Washington D.C. <laughs> I we yeah. you didn't mention that, but they wander back to D.C. And then go back out and you're like, well, what are we doing? What's the joke here that they're bad at they're exploring? Like, what's the fun? Like, could it if you're going to make it, in, it all made up anyway, have them encounter fun things like 
go on adventures. Like they find a unicorn or something. Something. Instead, they just we have like Otto gets eat eats some berries and dies. Mo has a bar in the middle of nowhere. Bart scouts Millhouse. Like if you're gonna make it up, do f- something fun. No, we have a joke about them go- getting lost. Really? Okay. Um, we get to the third act, the final story, which is Mozart. Um, which this is the joke at the end of the episode, but it's just Amadeus. This is just Marge like giving a Cliff's Note version of Amadeus, mm-hmm. which is a movie and one hundred percent incorrect as well. Which is like at least I'll say this: at least they acknowledge it in this. At least they like that's the joke is like, oh, that's just Amadeus. That's true. They acknowledge this is stupid and wrong. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't make it funnier or more ex- interesting, but at least they like have a and like that is a better joke than most of the stuff in this episode. So Bart doesn't want to learn about anything, but Marge tells him, "Oh, it's a badass rocker, Mozart," which is true. Mozart and all his musicians were uh, of their time were. That's what huge that, celebrities. Very yeah, big celebrities. So M- Bart is Mozart, Lisa Salieri. They're selling it is uh the they're they're are they actually they're brother and sister again, right? Yeah, they are. Essentially, yes. Which makes no sense. Nope. Zero like I don't like I don't get it. Like they you don't have to act, they don't have to be brother and sister in all your stories too. I don't okay. So the, and they they're selling Mozart as like this uh, child prodigy that Homer is using to make money with, like it's a child star situation. Uh, so we get a lot of like of of it's Amadeus. It's it's Salieri is is jealous of of Mozart's success and wants to be recognized as a being a talented artist herself. We see, we have a montage of Bart uh, playing a concert in front of some very popular, in, in front of a crowd, and they're all dancing to him playing the piano, and he, he does a lot of piano tricks, including lifting up the, I believe he lifts up the, baby, the, the, the grand piano at one point and plays it with his teeth, and I know they're trying to go for like a Jimi Hendrix thing with a guitar and all that, but, okay. Um, we get an award ceremony where Mozart wins the award for best composer, which makes salary, which makes Lisa more jealous. Okay. And then we get like, and that's the thing. Like there's not really, there's not really like a structure to this, Matt. There's no, like we have Mozart being a success and salary wants the once success, right? Basically. Yes. It comes naturally to Mozart. It's easy. All he has to do is barely even try. Whereas Salieri works very hard and is still not seeing the success of the Mozart does. Right. But, and that works in like a two hour movie where you can develop these characters. Not on this one. Well, you can, yeah, you can develop those characters in a two hour movie and have like that. It's a character piece. It's about these characters and that relationship. That's functionally what Amadeus is. It's about. It's about those two characters. I'm like, no, it's not real life, but it's a good movie because you are invested in both those characters and you want in your in their relationship. You want to see it and how it works out. But there's no time in this because it has they have like seven minutes and we just get 
like uh, scenes happening thing there's a scene and another scene and like okay mozart's at a concert and then they're at an award show and then mozart's putting on his opera and salieri doesn't want it to succeed so she so so she uh disrupts it and you're like okay well but what do they want like what like there's no moment to moment there's no thread connecting these things it's just scenes happening and frankly, that's this entire episode. It's just scenes. There's no threads. There's nothing like Sacagawea doesn't want anything. There's no, you know, Henry VIII wants a male child. At least there's that. But it's just a bunch of scenes because there's no time. And they, it makes me very annoyed because well yes because they're they're wasting what could have been a good opportunity for this episode. Like yeah, and like you said, Matt, they should I just go all in on Amadeus. Like, just do a Mozart Amadeus parody thing and just do that for 20 minutes. But I don't know. Um, maybe they pe- think people would be bored because it feels like that's what these scenes are all they are accomplishing is a lot of things are happening very quickly. And I feel like that's a way you could go, oh, there's, this episode's not so bad. There's a lot of stuff happening. It's constantly. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's true, but it's all the same. It feels like it's all one color gray. And we finally get to Mozart's opera. Uh, where Salieri drugs the Emperor, and it's a failure. Wow, it's sold out. Mincing room only. (laughs) (laughs) I hope they like the opera. Oh, they're like sheep. As the Emperor goes, so do they. Emperors drink free. I'm an emperor. Knock, knock. <laughs> beans, oh beans, delicious in your mouth. But watch out when beans come out down south. This makes me want to fop till I drop. The Emperor finds it boring. Oh, then so do we. People bored with opera? That's impossible. <laughs> to failure, dear brother. Oops. So it's a fart opera. Ha 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 ha. So ha, farting. Because fart is a child, I get it. And that's the joke. Like that's that is the joke, Matt. That song we listened to, there is a single joke in it, and then as Bart is a child, so he wrote an opera about farts. Mm-hmm. Um so everyone hates the opera and Mozart gets sick. Like that we just jump to that. Like it's so fast. It's just like boom, he's now he's sick. And you're like, oh Well, they don't have time, so obviously they gotta be like I, in real quick, like Yeah, exactly. So Mozart's sick. He he falls from popularity, he's very sick. Uh we have Dr. Nick as there as a doctor who's just leeches him, and so that's gonna kill him. We have so now we're at Mozart's deathbed, just right there, deathbed. 
and we get Salieri's last moments with Mozart. Where is my sister? Where is darling Salieri? <laughs> I never wanted you to die. I just wanted to destroy your talent and your joy. Dear sister, I have a confession. In the eyes of history, I always thought your music would be judged the best. Really? But now that I'm dying young, I'll be cool forever. Eat my pantaloons. You get that one, Matt? I do get that one. That's just hilarious. Eat my pantaloons. Ha ha. It's like saying eat my shorts. I get it. Cool. It's good you get that one. So uh, that's that it feels like, oh, no, but Mozart's dead. So Salary is now going to court to submit Mozart's Requiem as her own piece. However, Beethoven's already there. And uh, the emperor has chosen Beethoven as his next, you know, I don't know, focus, focal point. Uh, so Salieri. Is, uh, is it for his patronage? Sure. Salieri uh, then just l- decides to go crazy and jumps into a carriage filled with lunatics and, and laughs as it drives away. Yep. That's how it ends. Um so we that that's how the that little story cuts. We cut back to the library. Lisa is there with Marge and Bart and all the kids. And Lisa tells us the truth about all this. Mom, that sounds a lot like the movie Amadeus, which was historically inaccurate. Mozart worked hard on his music. Salieri was a respected composer. All I know is the guy who played Mozart was also in Animal House. Now there's a movie with good music. Animal house, house, house. Nobody ever went to class. Then we saw Donald Sutherland's ass. Animal house, house, house. Animal house, house, house. Then they did the end like American graffiti, where you found out what happened to everyone. Yep. <laughs> And then we find out what happened to everyone. Yeah, there's like a little, there's like a little, just like the Animal House and as Homer tells us American Graffiti, we get uh, fake facts about everyone, uh, except for Homer, I guess, because uh says, I believe there, let's see, I'll, I'll read them out. Henry VIII uh, still holds the world turkey leg, eating record, Sacagawea went on to great riches, posing for butter boxes. Uh, Mozart's burial site is now the most popular gas station in Vienna. And finally, that night, Homer watched Animal House again. He went to work the next day in a toga. That's, I believe that part. Of I it. do. I believe that one as well. Yeah. The the like what's can I I I feel like this is I don't know what's the joke. Can I ask where's the funny stuff in this episode? That's like it, Robbie. That 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 is a false question because it assumes that there is a joke and i don't think there is like there's a couple jokes in here that i i, I thought were funny the second you weigh a dollar because that one is actually like i i, I thought that was funny largely because it is pointing out the hypocrisy of all this of of us like lionizing her after her death long long after her death in a situation that she did not really want um and by doing it by just giving her a gold coin for no real reason um like maybe a better way to honor sacrojoeo would be to like not tell this story the way you do it 
to not yeah, right that'd be the better way honestly that like you're making you're negatively impacting history like it's all and like sure it's that's i don't it's terrible that they did all that but above everything else this episode is just bland it's boring it tastes it like tastes like dishwater it's there's no like what's a joke bart writing a fart musical isn't that funny no not really is eat my pantaloons not funny jackson five jokes that's what we're getting jackson five oh look these are untalented jackson five members like in 2004 that joke was tread into the ground and like i think sometimes like i do think about it sometimes and i was like i think about like it's just 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 because the simpsons are in the 15th year and we've already seen all these jokes a hundred times before and like we wouldn't like, are there jokes like this in the early years? Jokes that are like these old, tired pop culture references, but because we were young. I don't think there are, honestly. When we were young then, so we didn't know about them, so they were still novel to us. I don't know. I think, I'm sure, certainly it's like some of that is there, but I cared about the characters, and there were like specific moments where like it's clever writing and fun this is the opposite of clever this is boring and i don't know what to do about that um it's it's simpsons bible stories all over again where it's just like okay this is fine it's like here's 20 minutes here's nothing here's 20 minutes mm-hmm. if you need 20 minutes of to fill we, what do you mean you don't like it we gave you 20 minutes of a show yeah it's just it sure did. It, it's just like i don't I, i'm trying to like think of a word that like meh not even meh like bleh yeah that's like the closest bleh is it good bleh that's how i felt after i watched this bleh like oh uh, bored and tired tired and oh half disgusted okay uh I'm bored in this episode on the this episode's boring <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of everything um, we'll rank it at the end of the show. Oh, Robbie, is this episode broken? Um, I don't know. It's really hard to tell because it's not like it's a it's an anthology episode. It's what they intended it to be, but their intention was bad. It's an anthology episode, like so. I can't. Here, I am gonna say yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes, yes, yes. This episode is broken. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's broken because I don't think it, it I don't think it is cohesive enough as a whole. Like Trios of Horror at this point is they're so disconnected from each other, like from the central conceit, like they all they've run out of time so they don't really have frame narratives anymore largely. Atreus of Horror episodes, modern ones. But with episodes like this, where it starts off with, oh, Marge is going to teach the kids history. Okay. And obviously, her history is bad. All of it. It's all incorrect. Even if, And they call it out in the third one, where it's like, oh, this is just Amadeus. And the problem is, there's a disconnect, Matt. Like, you and I know that all this is fake. All this is made up, right? Well, obviously, yes. You say, I would hope that everyone else would know that. You but. say, obviously. This is my problem, man. I think this is really what it is. Like, it's obviously... Well, I think if this was just funny, I probably wouldn't care about any of my complaints. But because it's devoid of laughter, uh, I can't 
I'm going to have all these problems, is me myself. I myself did not know that Aragon was a real place. Okay? You you informed okay. me about with the, oh, it's the region of Spain, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Like, I'm good. I like to know new information. I like to learn things. So, but I didn't know that. So, I'm guessing a lot of people don't know that. And a lot of people don't know a lot of these things. I think they, I think in a lot of cases, this is what they think of American history. They think, oh yeah, Henry, they know Henry VIII because of that song. And they know they had a lot of wives and that he started, maybe he wanted a divorce. So he started a religion. They know that. Those are the things they know. And it feels like that's the same thing with Sacagawea. It's like, oh, they gave her to, you know, she helped Lewis and Clark uh, not die as they crossed, you know, colonial America. Uh, and you're like, okay. That's what I know about Sacagawea. She she's on a dollar coin. They they give her a coin. That's all I know about her. Like Amadeus, what they know about Mozart is what they know from watching Amadeus. But if Marge is giving us, oh, this is her version of events. Like there's a joke in here about um I think it's there's a joke in here about Marge knowing the story of Sacagawea because it they they taught her that while the boys were learning what did they say about the boys were learning math, I believe. the boys were learning math and like, okay, that's a, that's a decent gag. It's like acknowledging the, our, our, the faults of STEM education in America and uh, in our public education system. Cool. Um, but then they never point out the problems with the Sacagawea story. They never point out the problems with Henry the eighth story. They don't ever acknowledge, Oh, this like, they Lisa acknowledges the Amadeus is like, oh, that's all made up. That's all just you're just taking that from the movie. And the movie itself was not historically accurate. It was just fictionalized. They just took characters from history and told a story with them. But they don't do that for the first two stories. They don't tell like there's no there's no fictionalized Henry the Eighth story that Marge is telling. There's no fictionalized Sacagawea story that Marge is telling. And if what their goal is, oh, is to tell us what we've been taught about history is largely wrong and full of broad generalizations, they did a very bad job at making that clear. And I think, well, yeah, I know that, and maybe some people do, but there's a lot of people who watch this and just go, eh, whatever, story of Henry VIII, sure. Like, if you're gonna, I don't trust The Simpsons at this point to be subtle. You have to hit me over the head with a hammer about your themes. Get it? Like, if this is Marge telling us BS about things like half-remembered history that she knows, then make that very clear. And make it clear over and over and over again. And maybe that you could tell some jokes with that. And, like, avoid the terrible stories of American history. And there's so many things. Um... But I can't say it's not broken, Matt. Like, it just feels like I don't I feel like the Tall Tales one was felt more cohesive because it was so inherently ridiculous. I don't know. Yeah, basically, because the, the Tall Tales are supposed to be like that. They're, they're Tall Tales. But this just this is history. You can't screw it up. And they do. That's the worst part. Yes, it's, it's it's hard to wrap my mind. It's it doesn't it it needs to. Like Simpsons, like all those, all the other ones were like myths, and so you're like, okay, I get it, I guess. Like you can complain about it not being about it being boring and no, not funny, which is again most a lot of that. Yeah. But this is again, I think it's the history stuff that is layered on top of that that really irks me. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments in the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comes to the news group. 
is where I look through the newhovers.net forum, see what people thought about the episode after it came out, a week or two after it came out. Um, Really strange, right? Because the, the reviews, I read through a lot of reviews of this. Most of them are negative, but the po- the the rate the ratings the 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 poll was very positive. Interesting. So, so I don't it largely thirty seven percent gave it a four out of five, and then additional almost eighteen percent gave it a five out of five. So that's over fifty percent thought this was a good to great episode, and then below that are middling a lot of middling votes with twenty six percent, and then less than less than twenty percent thought this was bad. Um, some reviews. Main observation is that there are really no bad parts at all. I thought each segment flowed really well and were very enjoyable. While there weren't a lot of laughs, I still found each story equally enjoyable. The second being a little bit, a little more funny. Those transitions for each segment were, well, were done well, and the ending was very funny. All in all, a solid episode to add to a good season. Four out of five. Um, I thought they were supposed to show a new episode tonight, not a rerun of Tales from the Public Domain. This episode, Ooh, snap. Uh, yeah, this episode felt so much like public domain and hurt. Even follow the Homer story, Lisa story, Bart story formula, which is even present in Tall Tales. Now, before I get really negative, I'll say, well, this is the best of these story episodes, contenders being Bible stories, Tall Tales, and public domain. Each story was told relatively smoothly, with its only uphand it really had to public domain, which suffered from narrative fluidity in its first two segments. However, big problem. It wasn't funny enough. Only only laughs really came out of jokes being related to things of each time period related directly to each story's origin. Jokes like the penis bit, the head chopping, and the millhouse killing really didn't just do it for me. In fact, seeing Lisa trying to grow a penis was the worst joke in the entire season. I'm I'm usually okay with genital jokes. It's really not that much to say. No horribly glaring problems. Nothing terribly memorable. Some chuckles here and there. You'd have a three out of five average fest. Finally, what a horrible episode. Nothing funny at all. Way too many fart genitalia jokes. 1.5 out of 5. Or a 2 out of 5 on the poll. This is the first time this season I've given an episode below 4 out of 5. Probably worst episode for me since anything from season 12. Wow. So there's a negative I review. I don't know. But aside, like, people still liked it. I don't know. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I, 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 am I just that more critical, Matt? Are we just that more critical? I don't think so. I think it's just gotten worse. <laughs> mm, I don't know. It's tough. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite Apu quote? Matt, take it away. All right. So uh, we are going to start this week with Brandon. Uh, now, these hot dogs have been here for three years. They are strictly ornamental. There's only one person that come, who comes – one bozo who comes in and buys them. But I buy – oh, sorry. <laughs> that was me interjecting the homer bit on the end there. It's just, it's just so funny. Uh, from Lauren, Milhouse. Hey, wait did I cut my teeth? Yeah, that's it, Milhouse. Keep up the cheddar. No, 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 no. Don't, from doing the accent don't, do, don't do the accent. Yeah. All right. So from Brian, uh, sorry mine is so long, but it's too good to pass up from Sweet Seymour's badass song. I have a feeling this one was probably pretty popular. It was very popular. Uh, now I finally have time to do what I've always wanted. Write the great American novel. Mine's about a futuristic amusement park where dinosaurs are brought to life through advanced cloning techniques. I call it Billy and the Clonosaurus. Apu, oh, you have got to be kidding, sir. First you think of an idea that has already been done. Then you give it a title that nobody could possibly... Didn't you think this... Dot, dot, dot. Uh, one of the best... On the bestseller list for 18 months, every magazine cover has... More time has passed. Uh, one of the most popular movies of all time, sir. What were you thinking? I mean, thank you. Come again. There was more screaming in, in that one, but that's just, you know, way I read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Gung Griffin. Uh, one of the most popular movies of all time, sir. What were you thinking? Again, 
I assume a popular answer. Very, very good uh, answer. From, yeah. Uh, from Stuart. Lisa, you don't eat cheese, Apu? Uh, no, I don't eat any food that comes from an animal. Oh, then you must think I'm a monster. Yes, indeed, I do think that. But I learned long ago, Lisa, to tolerate others rather than forcing my beliefs on them. Uh, from old painting can Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo Snrub, which, fantastic name. Uh, hello. I'm not interested in buying your house, but I would like to use your restroom, flip through your magazines, rearrange your carefully shelved items, and handle your food products in an unsanitary manner. Ha! Now you know how it feels. Uh, From Michael. Uh, I compliment I reach for a little too often. You are beautiful and silky and manageable. I mean, most women (laughs) are like that. Matt, Matt, I don't don't say that enough about you, Matt. You are beautiful and silky (laughs) and manageable. I take offense to being uh, called manageable. I am completely unmanageable. I have You're, a force of chaos. Matt, you are literally the most manageable person on earth. That's <laughs> like, of all those three adjectives, the one I'd first reach for is manageable. I mean, I'm going to repeat this to you next time we're trying to find a night to record, just so you know. Okay, from Jen. Silly customer, you cannot hurt the Twinkie. Uh, from at Jaden Lebron. Uh, and here is your copy of Gigantic Acids. Uh, from at Evil Starlight. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Or, hey, hey, this is not a lending library. If you're not going to buy that thing, put it down or I'll blow your heads off. Which, wow, okay. Uh, from at L Columbia 88. I can't believe you don't shut up. That's very popular. That, that was also I use a lot. Very popular answer, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, at Real Sean Smith. There was just so much I wanted to see and to do and to have done to me. Very, very, thing. very popular as well. Yeah. Uh, from at Hippie 200. James Woods, can I ask you, is it true you once worked 96 hours straight? Apu, oh yes, it was horrible, I tell you. By the end of it, I thought I was a hummingbird of some kind. Robbie, what is your answer? I just had the most beautiful dream where I died. (laughs) That is a really good one. Uh, I actually had another one picked out, but it's kind of long, so I'm going to go with my other favorite one uh, that I don't think anyone here picked. Uh, It's like, oh, the searing kiss of uh, uh, searing uh, kiss of hot lead. How I have missed you. I mean, I think I'm dying. <laughs> oh, poor Apu. Poor Apu. Uh, next week's question is, what is your favorite quote from Nelson? Be a tough one. So, there's a lot of and good no ones. No, it can't be ha-ha. I'm no, sorry, people. There, you can use ha Hey, hey, hey. I, no, you can definitely answer ha-ha. Only problem is probably 20 people are going to answer ha-ha, and I'm only going to pick maybe one or two to do it. So yeah. you're taking you you you, it's a crapshoot there. So maybe pick a different one. I'll post this question on our social, on our social media, on our Twitter at Simpsons pod. Uh, you can email us at Simpsons pod at gmail.com. And you can also answer on our Patreon. It's a public post. Anyone who has an account can't answer. Don't have to support us for it. Matt, it's time. It is time once again for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is from Matt and I. Each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard. And try and stump the other. I have a one-point lead on Matt at the halfway mark. Will I make it out of today with the lead? That is the question. I doubt Probably. it. I feel like I went really easy, so we'll see. You say that, Matt. Then you ask me questions about cars that I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you ready for an easy question, Matt? I'm ready, sir. These okay. Which blues man dies in Round Springfield? No, there is no freaking way. What? What do you mean? You know that? You know the answer to that? I do know that, but all of my questions are from the same episode. <laughs> oh, good. That's good to know. 
damn it. Uh, is Bleeding Gums Murphy. You're correct. Good job. All right, Robbie. Uh, what does Groundskeeper Willie call the French in Round Springfield? Uh, Cheese-eating surrender monkeys. You are correct. How? How is it possible? This is like the second or third time this has happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, a bunch of monkeys on a typewriter. I guess. We've too many episodes It now. was the blurst of times. It was the best of times. It was All the right, blurst of times. All right, what's my medium question? What is the broadcast range of KJAZ? Uh, um, Makes them the most powerful jazz. 500 feet. I'm sorry, Matt. It's 23 feet. <laughs> 23 feet. <laughs> Makes them the most popular. She walks more than 23 feet. 23 feet wouldn't even get out of the bill. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's a joke. I don't. I'm not saying it's accurate. Uh, I'm no, just. I know. Okay, uh, I've definitely been too easy for you. Uh, what is Bleeding Gums Murphy's only album named? Oh, Sax on the Beach. Yeah, that was way too easy. I knew it. Damn well, it. I, I mean, I probably still would have gotten that right, but I literally like looked at every screen cap of this episode. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, um, you're a hard question, Matt. Maybe you, maybe you might get this one. Uh, Homer reveals he has a tattoo of what band? Um... Starland Vocal Band, isn't it? Yes. Yes, you're right. Starland Vocal Band? They suck! I recommend getting a tattoo. Alright, you're probably going to get this one, so we'll see. Mm. Uh, what does Krusty replace the Jagged Metal Krustio in his cereal with? What's the next prize? Oh, uh, is... It's a disease of some sort. I want to say it's anthrax? Hmm... You're close, but I can't give it to you for a hard question. Uh, it is uh, flesh-eating bacteria. Flesh? I was going to go brain-eating amoeba. That was my second guess. Oh, also close. Not, not quite the same. It was bacteria. Flesh-eating bacteria. Was that... There was... When When did that seize the zeitgeist? I don't recall it being part of the zeitgeist, honestly. But I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it. There was a point... At some point... And, like, in my life, there was, like, it was all over the news about flesh-eating bacteria. You gotta watch out. All the fear-mongers. Like, oh, flesh-eating bacteria is gonna get you. You know, like, and, like, it's incredibly, it, like, it's almost impossible to get, like, one in, like, 10 million people ever encountered flesh-eating bacteria in their yeah, lifetime. super rare. But you were incorrect in your assumption, Matt, because now we're tied. Oh, that's true. I, I really thought you would have gotten flesh-eating bacteria. I'm sorry, Robbie. I, I don't. You know, I don't know. I'm not smart. I don't know if I, I'm like, or at least not. Probably I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mm, eh. uh, that's 24, 24. We can move on to our final episode. It is time. Our final episode. Our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where we rank the episodes categorically, we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. I'm losing my mind. It's too early, I guess. Uh That's the problem. Um, alright. This episode is not good, Matt. It's, it's really not. The question is, is, I I don't think it's offensively bad. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of comparisons we made to this, to Simpsons Bible stories and other ones, and I think it's the worst, and Tales from the Public Domain, I think it's the worst of all of those. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, the tales, tales from Tales from Public Domain is the lowest right now. It's at two sixty eight. Right. 
And I think this is worse than that. I agree with you. Um, well, we have Marge for Single Seniors, Childless Couples, and Teens and Gays. That's a recent episode. That's at number 271. Is it better or worse than that? I just think the, the scatteredness of this one makes it, it worse than that. Yeah. It's the, it's, I mean, it's honestly, a, I'm looking down at like just above make room for Lisa because it's not offensively bad. Like, I think that's where we start and get into the ones that hurt us to pay attention to. <laughs> uh, because it, it's just it's so mean to Lisa. And this really isn't mean to anyone. It's just dumb. Very dumb. Very boring. Not funny. The Sacagawea stuff is uh, gross, but it's like a third of the ep- less than a third of an episode, honestly, because of the way it, how, how it's cut. Um large marge the bart wants what it wants which is what is bart wants what it wants again that's the one with uh greta the girl that he wants oh, right, 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 right. With. yeah um how i spent my summer vacation where mike scully wrote an episode where he can meet a bunch of rock stars um yeah yeah i think you're right i would i would i would put this I, that's a good spot it's it's not quite dregs but it's not good I would not recommend it ever, mm-hmm. ever in my entire life. Um, that's Magical History Tour, new number two seventy five on the list. But Matt, we have another question to answer before we we get anywhere, we move anywhere on this, and that is: Oh, do we now? We do. It is. Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? So, here's the thing about this episode, Matt. Technically, the only thing that happens to the Simpsons is they go to a library, <laughs> and Marge tells them some bad history. Right. Technically, that technically that is all that happens in the canon of the Simpsons. If we want to, if we are building a canon, right? The only things that technically right. happen are Marge tells them some stories, and then Homer sings a song about animal animal house so by that metric is it does it stay in the canon or not i don't think there's any reason to shoot it out of the canon because like you said nothing really happens but it does make me kind of sad um that marge's grasp of history is so terrible this is what she's teaching the children that's the only reason i'm just like maybe we don't want that being perpetuated yeah i'm gonna hmm I'm going to – here, I think what my heart wants and what my head wants are two different things, Matt. Because what yeah. my, my heart wants is to say, yes, shoot this out of the cannon. I don't want this ever to be mentioned again. But my head goes, well, technically, technically correct is the best kind of correct. So what do I go with? Do I go with my heart? Do I go with my head? Uh, I say when it comes to The Simpsons, go with your heart. Okay, then yes, it's out of the cannon. Boom, goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, fired out of the cannon. You know, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Who cares on this episode? <laughs> That's ultimately the actual answer. Is like, well, who cares if Marshall History Tour sticks around? Uh, why do we need to even think about this? Uh, next up is we gotta go up to the top of the list, revisit some of the the best episodes, and see if they're part of the canon still. Um, as we move our way down, eventually we'll get. That's I'm I'm really curious about when we're eventually gonna get to an episode 
that of our of the good episodes where we cross the line because there's gonna be a point where we cross this line where everything's gonna start or a lot of it's gonna be starting non-canon um we're up at number 10 right now which is the old man in the lisa uh beloved episode of mine well yeah because it's a great burns episode it's a great uh lisa episode and, and just th- they're two characters you wouldn't think that would interact and it's so wonderful to see what would happen when somebody who is uh just so incredibly pro business and evil. everything interacts and evil and also evil uh gets to also interact with somebody who is basically their their straight up opposite it's wonderful right and i i think that this is another good point to illustrate is there is in the old man and lisa there is a point at the end of the episode where burns is built a factory that has like a giant net that is just sieving the ocean clean of everything and that's not realistic that's not real that's not how any of that works but it doesn't matter because it's all about illustrating a point about a character and i don't care if it's not realistic because it functions well enough in the way burns works and because it's all in service of illustrating Lisa's arc and Burns's arc, well, Burns doesn't really have an arc necessarily. I guess he's a physical. He has a he has a he has a, uh, a social arc. His, his social status changes, but his his emotional status doesn't really change. He stays evil the entire time, um, because it's in the service side. It doesn't matter, and it's really good illustration of like how you can still do cartoony stuff and have a great episode, but you can also easily cross the line where you're like oh look at all this cartoony stuff and then the episode's terrible because it doesn't function it's not in service to a story anymore it's not in service to character so yes of course it's part of the canon stays in old man and lisa great episode absolutely great episode dad that's not it's what twelve thousand dollars how much money was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah that's not twelve thousand dollars it's a hundred and twenty or not uh well, that's all. It's one hundred and twenty million dollars, something like that. Uh, yeah, there's. A, we're missing it. You're missing his dad. You're missing his. You, you, you're looking at that's a comma, not a period. Uh that'll do it. I think for us, our you can find this list at our website. It is thesimpsonshow.com. Uh, it is one hundred percent accurate because now it's just this spreadsheet that's in front of us, so it always reflects the the truth. Um, you can find links there to our Twitter, to our, our RSS feed, to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, throw us the show a couple dollars. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, guess what our next episode is, Matt? Do you know what our next episode is? No, but I'm scared. It is Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Millhouse doesn't live here. Millhouse moves that? to Capital City in, to live with his mom. And Homer panhandles? Oh, that's... Oh, God, yeah. I don't remember this at all. Zero memories. I remember it being bad, so we'll see if that holds <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna... It's probably not great, but we'll see. Uh, we'll watch that next week. Uh, That's about it for us. You can find me online. Here we go. Find me online at on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and my website is RobbieDorman.com which has links to all my stuff, my other podcasts, my horror novels, I have wait. I have a thing. Where is it? There is my heart. I was including my newest novel, War on Halloween, a suspense horror story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. It's available for pre-order now. Uh, you heard an ad for it at the beginning of the episode. I'd love for you guys to go check it out. 
uh, good for fans of Stranger Things or Stephen King's It. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. Uh, since none of us are leaving our houses, I have had to come up with a better way for us to communicate that's, you know, not not entirely, uh, you know, eavesdroppable. So I've decided using our earthquake machines is probably the best way. So uh, the easiest thing to do is to encode your message onto some P waves and then, you know, just put it into the ground. Uh, and obviously everyone will be listening. So make sure you use public keys. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we can you know, transmit information that way. Obviously, it's, it's very high bandwidth and very fast because, you know, it just goes through the crust. Uh, so the easiest thing to do is just every time I feel an earthquake, I'll notice, oh, someone's sending me a message and then I can send you a reply through earthquake as well. Matt, this is a PG show. Why, yeah, are, you, why, why are you bringing up P waves? Uh, Well, Robbie, I don't know for your poor little uh, dirty mind. P waves are what are earthquakes use, P and S waves. Filthy, 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 filthy. I'm Robbie. I mean, I'm not saying that's not true, but I'm also mad. Keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.